Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of The Leo Effects. Now, this episode, I think, is going to be dubbed the interview that almost didn't happen because I am calling somebody on the other side of the world where it is, in fact, a day ahead. Uh, luckily, she was on the ball, whereas I was not, and contacted, contacted me, and so now we've got our interview. So let me introduce the one who saved the show, Amy Smith. Hello from the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you today? Yeah, really good, man. And not to worry at all in regards to the show that almost didn't happen. I am so used to this. So it's all good. Everyone just assumes I'm American most of the time. So they get a bit of a shock to find out I'm actually a day ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew that there was definitely a, a time difference there, but I always forget how far it goes. Yeah, forgetting the day difference. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So that's that's it's good that you contacted me anyway, because here we are. To ask the really hard-hitting questions. So... <gasps> Can't wait. Ooh. The first question is, <laughs> what are you known for? What are, in your opinion, what do you feel like your most primary character might have been? Ooh. I think um, from starting my career, I think it would need to be Mila from Freedom Planet, which is out on the Wii U, Nintendo Switch, Steam, and... Oh, my gosh. I was going to say PS4. Is that right? Yes, yes, it's on the PS4 too, I believe. <laughs> oh gosh, I cannot believe I just blanked out on that. Um, but yeah, I got cast in that game back in 2012. I had started voice acting in 2011 purely as a hobby. Um, so I think that's been the role to kind of carry me through. But as of late, um, over the last couple of years, I think Alicia from Battle Right and as a very recent Freya in Mobile Legends, um, just based on its player base. Um, mm -hmm. So I think they're my top three that I think I'm somewhat known for. It even sounds weird saying that. I don't know. Maybe people have heard my work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe from one of those. Oh, I'm sure that you have quite the fan base out there. What made you decide to pursue voice acting back in 2011? I mean, you said it was a hobby, but like, what made you think, oh, you know what? I, I'd like to do some voices. Um, I don't know. It was really weird. I think that a lot of voice actors, when they go into this, they, they think of a cartoon that they've watched or a game that they've played and they're like, wow. And they've already connected the fact that somebody's behind 
the cartoon or game actually doing those voices. And I don't know, I knew that, but I never really thought of it of a legitimate job. Like, as we know in Australia, like acting in general, like being an actor is just like, yeah, you do it for pizza. You do it for, <laughs> you do it for a lunch. <laughs> like it's not, it's not really, unless you are one of those big Australian actors, it's, it's not really seen as a legitimate job. Um, so I was more engaged in like drama in school and musical theatre when I was a little bit younger. And so I kind of just liked doing that as a hobby. And then I thought I wanted to be an actor. I had a screen experience and I was like, oh, I actually don't like that. So it was more just like I liked acting, but there was something that didn't click on all sides to me that made me love it. Mm. Um, so it was literally, it sounds so weird, but it was literally just a Google search. It was like types of acting because I felt like I was missing something and I couldn't put my finger on it. And this was in, <laughs> um, this was in university. So I was studying to be a teacher at the time and I realized I couldn't balance doing rehearsals and doing all that sort of thing. Cause like location was all over the place. Like I would need to go back to Camelotown, but I was doing uni in Wollongong. So it was just, and I lived somewhere like weirdly in between all of that. Um, so I was like, okay, I can't do stage anymore. And then, yeah, I did the Google search and it was stage, screen, voice. So I was like mm. 18 at the time and I never considered voice acting. Um, so, yeah, and then kept going with that Google search, read heaps of articles, found the Voice Acting Club and Voice Acting Alliance, and then just started auditioning. And I got really lucky with some of my really early gigs. And I was freaking out for ages thinking, oh, gosh, maybe I picked too early with Freedom Planet because it happened so early on. And then the game <laughs> it did quite well. Um and yeah, and it was just a hobby for years and it wasn't until I recorded the sequel and I went, actually was flown over to the US to record that at the Ocatron 5000, which is owned by Christopher Sabat. Mm -hmm. um, and I still saw it as a hobby, which sounds crazy. Like it was just this fun little thing I did on the side because I was a primary school teacher. That was my job. But I came back from recording and I kind of just went, okay, I would be an idiot <laughs> if I didn't actually start. Because I didn't call myself a voice actor or anything. So I came back and I was like, all right, I'm being an idiot. Like, there are not many Australian voice actors out there in games. So I'm like, I'm going to just give this a proper go. I'm going to create like this three-year plan and I'm going to attempt to go full-time. And then that's basically what happened um, at the beginning of last year. And I just kind of took a bit of a leap of faith, quit my my school job and yeah, no regrets. It's worked out really well. Yeah, absolutely. And you said that in Australia, being an actor or um, acting, voice acting, things like that in general is not a quote-unquote legitimate job. Mm -hmm. Did you have a lot of support when you were coming into this or did people think you were crazy? <laughs> oh, they support me now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. Um, look, having the opportunity to go overseas in 2016, people were like, oh, you get paid for this? Like, this is an actual thing? Like, my principal at school, my boss, um, I had to obviously disclose that I was – <laughs> quote unquote a voice actor I was kind of like oh yeah I do voice acting that's how I would word it ah. and she was like okay that's cool and I was in our local newspaper at the time too for voice acting for games and stuff and it wasn't until that moment where she's like oh so you actually do this as a thing and then when I ended up like saying goodbye to my job she was like oh so you actually get paid for this like this is a, a job job and I was like that's what I've been trying to tell you but it took it took a lot of conversations to people to treat it legitimately so did I get a lot of support at the beginning? No, because they didn't quite understand it. Um, mm -hmm. And admittedly, at that time, when I saw it as a hobby, I didn't quite understand it. Um, so it's only now when I can confidently say, I'm a voice actor. This is what I voiced in. This is what I do. This is how my day is laid out. And people are like, okay, I get it. 
But back then, even though I was voicing in commercial titles, like I was in a heap of mobile games and Steam games, they still didn't see it as a thing. So in terms of giving up a stable teaching job, they were like, man, you wouldn't just go off and do that, would you? Like, that's crazy. And I'm like, oh, okay. No, I mean, I had a plan, but never mind <laughs> that. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I don't just leap, man. I plan this stuff out. I'm not silly. Um, but yeah, but now there's no question. They're like, you've obviously done the right thing. Um, but yeah, my husband, my husband was actually the one who had said, take a leap, just do it. You've built up your client base. You've done your professional development. Just give it a go, give it a go for a year. And if it doesn't work out, go back to teaching. And then it got to like six months in and we just went, no, this is what I meant to be doing. I'm not going back. So love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, flying halfway across the world for a hobby. I mean, that's one heck of a hobby. (laughs) <laughs> it it does that sounds crazy but like I would always say oh yeah I'm a teacher and I do voice acting on the side or I do voice acting I make it sound like a verb because it was something I was doing but it's not a noun it's not something I am and it was a really silly but important distinction and it wasn't until I came back where I kind of just went no I'm a voice actor I have to start getting used to that terminology and then as soon as I started saying it I felt like I was it was like a huge mental shift and admittedly I always have to thank her. It was actually Dawn Bennett over in the States who she probably doesn't even know the impact she's had. I've told her since, but at the time she wouldn't have realized where she actually called me a voice actor to some people that we had met. And I just went, oh my goodness, I feel like she's given me permission to call myself that. Um, (laughs) But it's just, it's a really, really interesting way of, of thinking because you kind of just, I feel like you limit your progress based on what you're willing to give yourself permission to do and to be. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. I get it. And so how do you come up with the the character voices? Oh gosh. Um like even though I say that I wasn't necessarily getting into voice acting based on the cartoons and the games I had played, I was still heavily in- influenced by all of that. So when I first started getting involved in voice acting, my first springboard was probably watching My Little Pony, like everybody else seemed to be doing who was involved in voice acting. So I just <laughs> found it was re- so I found it was really interesting to kind of I'm not an impressionist at all, but just obviously every voice actor tries to mimic certain vocal types that they hear. And as Dave Fenoy says it, it's kind of taking a pocket, so a safety a safety vocal type and then creating characters outside of that. So just a comfortable place for your voice to fall and then creating voice actors, uh, voice acting roles around that. And I always found that to be a really interesting analogy. Um, so yeah, those are the main things being very cautious with, um, where the sound is actually resonating from as you're speaking, um, diaphragm support. Um, and yeah, just a lot of classes too. Yeah. <laughs> like I found, yeah, a lot of that. Um, like Lisa Biggs is really, really great at little boy voices. So I did, I um, listened to a webinar by her because that was something I wasn't very good at. Um, so yeah, I recommend that incredibly. Yeah. And to to take a word out of your vocabulary, you've done heaps of things from <laughs> TV shows to miniseries to video games. Do you prefer one of those things more than the other? Um, so I don't really do TV series. I'm recording a few animations now. That's kind of as much as I can say because it's kind of ongoing and hasn't been announced yet. Ah. Um, so that's a very yeah. So that's a very new thing. Um, but I still do lots of YouTube animations and all that sort of thing. But and I still do IVR and commercials. But my main sector, like ninety percent of my work, is video games. I absolutely love that work. There's just something that clicks with me 
with it. So it's cool. by far my favorite type of work. Yeah, I can buy that. <laughs> <laughs> and have you done any conventions there in Australia or even over here in the States? Um, I haven't done any conventions in the States. I actually just got a convention booking agent that is over in the States. And I don't know, we're kind of talking and working some things out, but obviously that's kind of all shut down as of this year. This year was going to be a right. huge one. Um, but yeah, I've done quite a lot in Australia. I've done Smash here in Sydney. I've done Oz Comic Con here in Sydney. I've done PAX in Melbourne, which is our biggest one in Australia. Um, and I've also done a few conferences and council events too. So it's really just been over the last, um, oh, how many months? 16 months, I think, that I've actually started doing it. And I was just like, oh, I love doing this because of my teaching background as well. So I now also do coaching. So I'll fly over to Melbourne and do some sessions in person. Um, oh, yeah. So I find it's really cool having that experience as a teacher before. Like none of it's redundant now. I still use that in my craft every day in some form or another right on and have you mm. ever had anybody come up to you as your characters come up to me oh in terms of cosplay yeah, um, yeah. no i've never seen any in person unfortunately because you fi you find like you're in a much smaller market so you f you get the huge cosplays like you get your junko enoshima you get your Iron Man, you get like the huge characters. So no, unfortunately not. I do find a lot of cosplays online for some characters that I've voiced. So, so I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. That's probably as close I'll, as I'll get. Probably won't happen <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That would be cool. Maybe if you do one over here in the States, somebody will, will show up. Oh, I'd love to see a Mila one or a Freya one. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new milestone now, my new dream. There you go. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> if you could work with uh, any one person, who would it be? Ooh, that's tough. Um, look, I absolutely loved um, Tara Strong. I think she's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I would just like to be in her presence, to be quite honestly. Like, I don't even know if it's a matter of if I need to work with her. I'd just like to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'll keep it somewhat realistic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that would be great, as well as Kira Buckland. Like, we've been in a few projects together online, so we cross paths a lot like that. But it's not quite the same as working with somebody. So I would very much, if I was to go over to the U.S. again, when everything has settled down, I'd love to actually meet her in person and potentially work with her because she was a huge inspiration when I was getting started. So, like, as I'd mentioned, I was on the voice acting club, voice acting lines, and another one was Newgrounds, and she was heavily prominent on there. And I just, like, I watched her start to do voice matching for some Hasbro as a result of doing all these indie projects and indie animations. And I just found it incredible to watch that transition from her primarily working on indie work to actually doing voice matching and working for huge studios and obviously everything that she's doing now. So, um, yeah, that would be really, really cool. She was like my, my idol as I was getting started. Yeah, yeah, that'd be mm. nice to meet an idol like that, that, you know, you can relate to and, and kind of, you know, fawn over almost. Oh, yeah. And she's so supportive of aspiring voice talent as well. She just seems to have a beautiful attitude, really down to earth. She's just really supportive. So it would be, once again, like, don't need to work with her in person, but I'd just like to meet her. I think that would be really special. <laughs> and along those same kind of questiony lines, what... Is there a particular project that you would like to work on, like a particular anime or video game that, you know, is ongoing that you would just love to be part of? 
Oh, it's so tricky because like I'm still a realist. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I know like when some people get this question, they're like, oh, I want to be in Dragon Ball Z or I want to be in, I don't know, Sailor Moon still going. For some reason, that's like the first thing that like popped into my mind. Um, but they like shoot really, really high. And I've always tried to adjust my expectations in order to meet them slash exceed them. Um, so oh, I don't know if I was to be like super unrealistic, like my little pony would be cool because I would be saying to like 18 year old Amy, Hey, you did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, ticker box. Um, I love Duncan Romper too. Um, so it was kind of always a thing like, Oh, it'd be so cool to voice in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I get this question a lot and I always end up kind of shifting it to I love voicing Australian characters um I like it sounds silly and it sounds so simple but because so much of my work is overseas um I don't actually get to use my native accent a a lot at all um and so representation is is really important to me so I'm voicing a character named Maya in this game called Levelhead, and it's made by the same creators from Crashland. So it was like, oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. And they wanted, yeah, and they wanted a native Australian. I'm like, that's a that's a huge deal for me because the team's not Australian, but they want a native Australian. That's cool. Like that that hardly ever happens. And I got such a kick out of that. Um and it's happening a lot more now, as we know, as there's a huge push for representation. Um, and yeah, that just that means a lot to me because there's not a lot of opportunities for Australian. You are forced to fit a mold of you need the American accent first, and then the Australian accent's kind of like a little tool on your tool belt, something to pull out as a bit of a party trick. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> party <laughs> like, trick. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people they don't say, "Oh yeah, I want an Australian." Um, so I find I kind of pull out. Um, the accent as an alternate take. So it's like, oh, look here, I can give you what you want. I can give you what everyone's giving you. And I can also do this if it happens to sound aesthetically pleasing and suit the character and all those sorts of factors. Um, so yeah, so I kind of, in terms of a dream project, it's more just the dream roles of, I want to voice more Australian characters, doing it authentically. And as my own little goal, I also just wanted to be in um, TV animation. So I'm starting to work on that now, which is really cool. But when I actually see it on the screen, that's that's going to be a really cool moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you play or uh, watch any of the stuff that you have been in? <laughs> Does it sound really bad to say all the time? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I lot, like I know a lot of voice actors, they don't like to. They don't like to see their finished voice work. I love to see it because I like to compile my visual character demo reels at the beginning of every year to actually show, look, this is what I've worked on over the last 12 months. I just think it's – I'm more of a visual person and I can imagine a lot of other people being visual. So I don't use my audio demo very much. I'm just like, look, this is my actual work. You can see it fitting specific characters. So I just feel like that's a little more effective. Yeah. So as a result, yes, as a result, I will watch heaps of Let's Plays. And I do that to not only um, compile some of that visual character demo references, um, but I also do it just to read the comments. Like, I want to know what people think. And, man, like, when I voiced in Freya in Mobile Legends, I <laughs> I was a bit nervous because <laughs> I, voiced, I voiced the revamp. Um, so it means that people are already connected to the original voice actor, the original lines. So I was a bit like, I was excited for this, but I knew that other people who played the game probably wouldn't be because, like, the original voice actor is awesome. Like, the voice is beautiful. But the character's just taken a completely different shift. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I read a heap of the comments and like some of them were like, oh, I really, really love this. And obviously other ones were like, no, we want the old one back. So I'd like have a bit of a giggle because you need to have a thick skin for this. So yes, I do. I watch it all the time and I, I'm a silent lurker reading comments because I love to know what people are thinking, like whether it be positive or negative. Sometimes it's something I can change. Sometimes you just establish, you know what, I can't change this. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And you're just like, yeah, that's cool. Like not everyone's going to like you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a, a test of your own um, mental stability, I suppose, and how <laughs> and your resilience. Um, so I don't know. I like to test that. I like to watch it. I like to read the comments. It's all good fun. Was it kind of strange when you hear your voice coming from or like a voice that you know is yours coming from a character? Yeah, sometimes. Um, because I've done this for a while now, like you do get used to how your voice sounds in different types of pockets. As I, I'll keep like bringing that analogy in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes you do have that like, oh yeah, I recognize that's me in this different form. Or I recognize this is me in this different form. But yeah, there's still sometimes like um, – the producer might put like a little filter over your voice and you kind of have a moment of like, oh, wait, is that me? Oh, wait. And then it takes like a split second to actually recognize. No, it is. It's just slightly altered. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's not so weird anymore. It was in the beginning, but I think like everything, it's just something you kind of get used to. Still get a kick out of it, but you're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that's me again. Like (laughs) you get a lot more casual. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of speaking about that, do you have any particular hobbies that you enjoy? Oh, like the reason I love doing this is because I do love video games. Like I, I do love watching anime and that kind of thing. Like I'm not as heavy into anime as a lot of other voice actors are, but it's still something I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, so I still do all of that. Um, obviously hobbies are a lot, (laughs) it's a much smaller pool than it used to be given today's climate. Right. Um, yeah, so playing video games, like I'm playing Animal Crossing at the moment. Um, still watch TV shows. I still love Disney. Um, I have. It's really sad, but I think that all facets of my job are kind of becoming my predominant hobbies at the moment, which is a little bit sad. Um, <laughs> and same sort of thing. Like I loved going to conventions, but that's still linked to my work as well. Um, I love traveling, but a lot of the time that's linked to the conventions and the coaching experiences too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I find that it's becoming quite – holistic and centered around work which for now is a good thing but I'll probably need to break out of that a little bit later and man I just like patting my dog like (laughs) (laughs) can that be a hobby because I just play with my puppy all the time yeah Um, sure why not (laughs) that's a big part of my life (laughs) (laughs) that's great so in between all of your and obviously you know with um, today's climate and everything going on with with it but you know as an Australian, I'm kind of anxious to hear your answer to this question, but do you have like a favorite food or restaurant that you like to frequent? Oh, I'm not frequenting there anymore, but, um, that's tricky. I know it's like not a dinner place, but there's a place, um, it's called Bay Vista and it's a dessert bar and it's freaking huge. And so we would go there. (laughs) I went there on my birthday actually at the beginning of this year. Um, and they just have this like, 20 page menu of all these different desserts you can get and I don't know it's not a dinner restaurant but that had to be one of my favorite because it was just like 10 minutes away from my house so yeah that one I loved it I went there so many oh now I'm sad because I've recently moved and I can't go there anymore 
Oh. Now it's like a good hour away. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I brought up such a such a bad such a traumatic you... experience. <laughs> yeah, realizing I can't go there anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. let, let's redirect then. Do you have any other special <laughs> talents that you have? Maybe some secret ones that people don't know about. Oh, any secret talents? Um, is this uh, voice acting related or just in general? Just in general. Oh, this is going to be really sad if I can't think of anything. Um, Can you play the didgeridoo? No, I can't. And apparently women aren't meant to play it either. So there you go. That's a little fun fact. <laughs> All that's right. good because I'm bad at it too. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I instantly went to whistling. And I'm like, no, I can't whistle. Um, <laughs> I'm not great at accents. I can do America, like some American dialects, Aussie and uh, some British dialects. But that's about it. Like I don't do anything crazy. Um, I'm not even good at painting my toenails. Man, I'm really lacking inspiration. Um, <laughs> I well, the was end of this at... interview has just taken a downward spiral. <laughs> I know, it's so sad. <laughs> Come on, Amy, what are you talking I'm not even a good clicker. Um, <laughs> man, I'm really good at shopping, but that's not really a talent. Okay, hold on. I am somewhat good at finding cheap deals online. There I can you do go. That. Even, even without... Like I use honey at the moment. Um, even without that, I used to be quite good at finding coupons and and cheap deals. That's really sad that that's all I can think of. Saving um, money is never sad. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's linked to a few aspects because in video games, I'm always the looter. Like whenever we'd play Castle Crashers, <laughs> I'm always that person not fighting. I'm just going around and finding money and stuff. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's going to be my talent. All right. I <laughs> like all it. all of life. <laughs> And do you have any pet peeves that just set you over the edge? Ooh. Um, considering I'm quite a loud person, my husband's also very loud, so my pet peeve is being around people who are loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most hypocritical pet peeve ever. Um, uh, while I'm recording, obviously, my dog going off, I'm just like, oh, for God's sake. Or my husband, because we're sharing a space at the moment, our office space, um, he will have on his noise-canceling headphones and he'll be, like, typing. And he does it really loudly because he gets into a groove. So that's kind of my pet peeve at the moment because we've been in this situation for about a week and a half. So it's, like, really starting to grind on me. Oh. Um, yeah, so loud typing. Um, but man, I don't know. I'm pretty easygoing. These are kind of funny pet peeves. I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty happy. You just lock him in the studio and then you can't hear it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he'll probably have so much fun in here. <laughs> so is there anything that you would change about yourself? Um, man, I don't know. I think I came to accept myself for, for at least the last few years. No, that's um, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I wish I was a little see, I'm doing okay at the moment, but if you were actually like a physical person in front of me, I'd probably be a lot shyer. Um so yeah, I find like when I'm one to one one on one, I can get a little bit quieter and I get a little bit nervous and unsure of myself. Oh. Um that's more in person. Um but man, no, I I don't know. I'm 20, uh, 20, I was going to say I'm 28. No, I'm 27. I'm 27 now. So I've kind of just come to accept who I am and what I represent and what I do. And I think particularly with becoming a voice actor and kind of going against, not against the support. It's not like I had, I had the absence of support rather than people being unsupportive. So I think that's a kind of clear distinction. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so with a lot of people saying, oh, are you sure this is something you really want to do? Like they were unsure about it. They didn't really know what it meant. I kind of realized that, well, I needed to trust my gut a little bit more and because I did now people support it because they actually know what it means. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I know who I am. I, I need to trust in my gut and what I do because things have a tendency of working out. Exactly. Just staying true to that. There yeah. you go. Stay the course. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. It. And what advice would you have for somebody that's brand new to voice acting that's just starting out like you did back in 2011? Ooh, there's so much advice. Uh, first thing, first thing I have to say, only because I have come across people who have done it, where um, they've come over and they've said, okay, I'm a full-time voice actor now. I have all the expensive equipment. I'm good to go. And I'm like, okay, well, what have you bought? Like, what have you worked on? And they say nothing. Um, I really, really recommend not doing that. Like, I just believe in playing, like find out, I, I constantly say it. I sound like a child, but I'm like, just play. There's so many opportunities to audition for unpaid projects where it's okay, like student projects and nano reno and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just find out your bookable vocal types, find out if this is something you actually love doing before investing four grand into your studio and your microphone and all those kind of things. I just found when I had started, I saw it as a fun thing. Like, I love to do this. This is something I am passionate about. And it needs to come from there first, not as a quick way to get money because God knows it isn't. Um, <laughs> not, as a, not as a quick way to get fame because God knows it isn't. Like, it's just nobody knows who you are. So there's a sense of humility there as well. It's not the same as being on a screen and everyone sees your face. Like, it's not about that. And if it comes from these places of I want to get rich, I want to be famous, you're going to be severely disappointed because that should not be your driving factor because there are going to be weeks where you don't book anything. There are going to be weeks where you're like, oh, the auditions have all dried up or like kind of in this time, like two weeks ago, I was like Monday to Thursday was I had like two gigs, but it was really, really quiet. And I was like, oh, dear, like this is not good because this is when all the Corona stuff started popping up. Mm-hmm. Um and then Friday took a, a complete 180 and then it was like full on busy. But it's just the understanding that everything's very flexible and you have to be okay with that. Like if you're doing it for riches and fame, you're not going to stick it out. Um, so just the advice is always just to play, just fall in love with the process because when you aren't booking stuff, there's got to be something else that's keeping you here, keeping you doing this. You have to love it. There you go. That's some fantastic advice right there. <laughs> I like it. That that's really speaks true, you know? That's the kind of thing that people need to hear. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know. I when I started it's it's different now. Like it's a lot more competitive. There are so many more people in the field now. But I kind of just started on an in you couldn't get away with this now, but I started with an inbuilt um microphone in my iMac. Like mm-hmm. that was it. No pop filter, no microphone, nothing, untreated space. But I just played. I just wanted to figure out how my voice sounded when it was recorded back. And then when I did make like a couple of $10, $20 gigs, blah, 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 that's when I actually like reinvested it to get a microphone. And that was a little USB microphone. And then I started using blankets and pillows. And you just constantly, you need your full-time day job. You, you need to have that. Start out as playing and see how you go. Like don't commit everything because then you feel like you're trapped and you feel like you need to make it work if you've given up your job, spent all this money. And, and you're just like, wow, where do I go from now? And you're going to feel the walls closing in on you because you haven't given yourself that time to build a repeat client base, build that, that, those marketing plans, building your website. And it's just, and that portfolio too, obviously it's just give yourself a chance to just enjoy it. You just have to enjoy it. I love it. 
I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> uh, I would like to open the floor up for just a moment to you till you can tell everybody what your social medias are so they can go follow along. Yeah, sure thing. I have a lot of them now, but um, on Facebook, it's just, I'm pretty sure it's just Amy Smith hyphen voice actress on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And I think that's it. There's so many social medias. It's just <laughs> at Amy Smith VA. So that's A-I-M-E-E Smith V for voice, A for actor. And I think that's all of them. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that works. That, that sounds great. And I'll put links to a whole bunch of them and to your website in the description of the video so the listeners can check that out. Awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today and telling me all about you. And you've, you've been nothing short of amazing. I, I appreciate everything. Oh, thanks so much, Ray. I really appreciate you having me on. It was good fun. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and thank you to all the listeners who tuned in to check it out. Make sure to click the likes and the, you know, bells and whistles and notifications and all that stuff. Go to Amy's social medias and follow along. It's great stuff. I'm, I'm a follower, so I get to see all the cool stuff that's happening, and you should too. So go do that, and then stay tuned for the next episode, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks. Bye. Oh, now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.